This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Bored of too many ads and dull, meaningless chat? We've got neither. Joy Drive, smart, fun radio. There is so much technology in the world and science is rapidly advancing that a new exhibition is going to explore this growing friction between what we consider to be natural as a result of evolution and what we consider to be artificial. And it's called Not Natural. And it's been developed by what I reckon is the best gallery in the world. It is Science Gallery. It's at the University of Melbourne. It opens on the 17th of February. Tilly Bolling and Byrne Hall are the curators. Tilly and Byrne, welcome back to Drive. Thanks, Warren. Excited to be here. Thanks, Warren. I want to put this to you. There's a a plant, and uh, it's uh, called gazania, and many people will know it. It, uh, you know, it's beautiful flowers, lovely from South Africa, and it's gone absolutely crazy in central Victoria. And you go up there; it's declared weed. It's got these beautiful flowers, and you think, "Oh my God, isn't that pretty? It's so lovely." I get stressed by it because I think it's an invasive weed. Now, a study was done. I can't remember the details of the study, but it found that the genetic makeup of these plants that have naturalised in Victoria is different to that in their original country of origin. And so they become naturalised in the Australian landscape. Now, if we hadn't introduced them, they wouldn't be here, but now they are here and this particular genetic makeup is only specific to here. So I post you, is that natural and do they now form part of the Australian flora? Oh, Warren, these these sort of meaty questions is exactly what we want to get into in the show. It's so interesting because is it about length of time? Mm. Uh, is it about whether it adapts or, or takes over its environment and makes it inhospitable to other creatures? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I reckon that people... If you surveyed 100 people, they would all come back with a different perspective about how they felt about that. And that is one of the joys of being able to create an exhibition where you're inviting people in with questions so that you can have a discussion over how it makes you feel. Isn't it great? I say if it's not doing damage, let it go. How do you feel about it, Warren? I've got, well, look, I'll pose another question to you, and I know that the exhibition talks about this. Let's talk about the thylacine, right? We we hunted it to extinction. We're going to potentially, we could potentially bring it back from extinction. Is that then considered natural? Because it was existing. It's had a break from Earth. We killed it off. We're going to bring it back. You deal with that one as well. Get your thinking, doesn't it? Yeah, it's such a confronting topic. And again, one that I reckon people really sit along the spectrum of. Um, And we're inviting people into the show to come and try and dive a little deeper and listen to a whole range of people's perspectives about how they feel about should we bring back the thylacine and what are your reasons? Julie, we're just losing you a little bit there. In the show. We're just losing you a little oh, bit. Oh, no. So are we, are, um, do you look at, are, no we, are we driving evolution? Like, are we, is, are we as humans driving evolution or is it driving us? Totally. I mean, I might jump in here, Don't Warren. Do you want to have I a go? Been, yeah, I think we've been manipulating our environment kind of since the dawn of humans rising, really. Um, and when you kind of posed that question earlier about 
the flora being naturalized, um, it raises such interesting thoughts for me because humans are constantly manipulating our environment and changing it um, to kind of meet our needs. So I do think that we've been changing the landscape and changing things for a, a very long time. And it might be a natural, even though it's maybe not natural, it may be natural. <laughs> exactly. And this is the question. Now, I love this, the exhibition. I mean, you know, we're, we're sort of playing around with some topics here, but tell us about the guts of the exhibition and what it does. So as Tilly said, the exhibition's all about those questions and we really want the audience members to really think about these different topics these really um, meaty tricky topics and come to their own conclusions um, so when you enter the space um, we have this incredible work uh, about it's kind of came up um, through development about this idea of the chickenosaurus and if anyone has seen um, Jurassic Park uh, you'll probably know what I'm talking about and that's um, bringing the dinosaurs back by reactivating dinosaur genes these ancient dormant genes in modern day birds so this is a theoretical experiment and we've kind of played with this idea and created a really interactive and participatory project in the gallery because we're focused on young people 15 to 30 years old is our main target audience even though everyone is welcome um, we really focus on these interactive projects and a thrilling part of the space is that you get to enter this amazing space be immersed in inspirational art from local and international artists and then draw your answer to this question that we're posing the audience if you could genetically engineer a hybrid creature what would yours be so we've had tigers crossed with elephants crocodiles crossed with seagulls sharks crossed with seals you get to draw your drawing and then see it animated into a uh, digital landscape yeah we're really excited who is the uh, person that likes uh, luncheon meat or spam because i believe there's a bit of the exhibition <laughs> that involves cans of spam <laughs> yeah you jump in there silly <laughs> Neil Mendoza is such a glorious artist and he really wanted to focus people's attention on factory farming, on industrial food production. And so he was trying to wrestle with how to um, engage people with that through an artwork. And he decided to work collaboratively with AI. He kicked things off by using the text of Brave New World. Have you read that one, Warren? No, I haven't. Ah, so Brave New World um, was written about 75 years ago by Aldous Huxley. And it's about how human beings are born into the world with a specific uh, role and purpose and that they, in interacting with the environment, are trying to break free of that or continue on that path. And so he started off with that text and then using AI actually pigified it. So put it through an AI processor and it has turned lots of the words into picky languages. And, and uh, <laughs> so then he got these eight uh, spam containers and created these mechanics so that these very sweet but unart like unnerving creatures are they each spam um, robot has four keyboard keys and they work collaboratively to type out this text that Neil has created um, using Brave New World and he really wants to get people focusing on how we control the environment of animals and are purchasing uh, a growing animal just for food production um, and how we feel about that because we are so removed from that process because spam is like 
it's tinned ham, right? Mm. So it's this solid, massive, condensed meat product. And then as we try as humans or some humans, we sort of move ourselves out of nature, both physically and metaphorically, where we're separating ourselves from those processes. And Neil wants us to get back involved and think about those processes and question how they make us feel more. Now, the exhibition is also for gardening enthusiasts as well, I believe, particularly those who love their <laughs> lush lawn. Tell us about that. Yes, yeah, so that work's called Kentucky Perfect by Robert Hengeveld, and it's a really um, a very cool electronic uh, project that Robert's created looking at that absurdity of the lawn because when you think about it the lawn is kind of pointless and it really is pointless to anyone but humans that's for sure so robert really is questioning what will happen when we hand over care of natural systems to technology so with the lawn in gallery we have a real lawn uh, that is growing in gallery and we have a very very dedicated robot uh, taking care of it over the course of the exhibition and we can't wait to see how it goes Oh, that sounds really exciting. I wonder if any products will be able to be developed out of this. You might find, you know, the key to maintaining the perfect lawn in such a dry country where we waste so much water on it. We might. and But do we want to, Warren? Do yeah. we want to keep lawns? I feel like a lot of people are switching to um, native front gardens and t- taking away the lawn and switching it up a bit. And I think that's where it's at. It's about um, how can we be more in um, commune with nature? How do, We always are separating ourselves, I feel like, not everyone, um, but like a lot of people do have a more extensive kind of separation from nature. And how do we find that connection again? Because um, we're clearly doing some things wrong at the moment. <laughs> and of course, as we try and control our environment and nature more and more with technology, mm-hmm. you're right, we are losing potentially that connection with nature. And one of the questions that it posed to me when I was looking, uh, reading about the exhibition today was I was thinking about climate change. You know, we're getting to such a point where it's getting away from us that we may need to control it so much that, you know, it's the ultimate solution to, con- to solving climate change is we need to do something like some mechanical means of sucking carbon dioxide out of the air or something like that. And then once we get to that point, is natural evolution still possible because we're got our finger on the buttons that control the climate of the earth just a question I mean, these are amazing questions <laughs> <laughs> I, I love these questions i think it's so interesting that we often think of ways that technology will solve our problems as well um in terms of the climate crisis and um, doing things to help with climate change we often are looking to technology for these fixes um there may be other fixes as well that involve changing our behavior but obviously that's a lot harder and um, more difficult to kind of organize Um, people to change their behaviour because it doesn't seem to be working out at the moment. Definitely. And of course, these are just questions that uh, I suppose just come to mind. That's what you want, isn't it? You want people to go and see the exhibition at the Science Gallery, Mm. not natural, and start thinking, thinking about the world, thinking about what we're doing. Completely. That's all. That's what we want. We want people to engage with the ideas. I love it. It's called Not Natural. It sounds like something that a conservative politician might describe gay men as, but it's not. It's about the exhibition. It's at Science Gallery Melbourne (laughs) at the University of Melbourne. It opens on the 17th of February. (laughs) I can't wait to see it. Uh, It runs through until June 29, so you've got plenty of time. You can check out the uh, Science Gallery website for more information. Tilly and Byrne, thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks for pondering those sort of philosophical questions with us. 
Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, Warren. Thank you, of course. That is uh, Tilly Bolling and Burn Hall, the curators at Science Gallery uh, Melbourne. It's called Not Natural. You're on Joy Drive. Joy Drive on Joy 94.9 FM in Melbourne, Joy on your digital radio, iHeartRadio, TuneIn.com or the Joy app. No matter where you are. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.